0: okay google play the sideline hustle podcast
1: sure the sideline hustle football podcast here's where you left off
2: what's going on everybody this is your host drew Lieberman.
0: i'm slow packing <laughs> our days here are numbered <laughs> even the way we've come up in the world think about it now. we've created the website ourselves. we've made this podcast ourselves. Like Everything's been done just by us hustling. And you are now listening to the Sideline Hustle
2: Podcast.
3: We talk about doing this show. Yeah, we we laugh and we joke and we complain about how hard we work. But if we didn't love to coach, we wouldn't be doing it.
1: I want the good guys in. Get them out of there. I want the good guys in.
0: (laughs) To me, I think we're broadcasting the day-to-day life of what college football is.
1: From the sidelines, we gotta hustle cause we gotta eat. From the sidelines, we got some goals that we still gotta reach.
0: What up, what up, what up? We are back with another installment of the Sideline Hustle Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Lieberman, and this is episode number 21. We're going to dive really, really deep today and get real micro with you guys as we talk about offensive play calling and the methods of relaying that call to your quarterback and to the rest of the offense. Much of this content was recorded during last season but was unreleased. You'll hear Coach Friedgen give his thoughts in the beginning, and then you'll hear a conversation between me and Gary Nova that was actually the first ever recorded conversation in sideline hustle history Uh, we sat down at a restaurant just to talk and catch up in like may of 2017 this is before sideline hustle was even really a thing and we just we put a microphone in front of us just to document the experience and before you know it we were having an in-depth conversation about signals versus wristbands so I, i hope you guys enjoyed this episode and most of all i hope our experiences and opinions about signals versus wristbands can help someone make the best decision for their program in the future
3: In every game, I think you got to be able to you know, adjust. This is Ralph Regan, former head coach at the University of Maryland. You know, I you go in with a game plan, but to me, playbook was still in effect. You know what I'm saying? It's obviously, you narrow some of the game plan down, but if you're going to face something that you don't have in the game plan, I remember we were playing Florida State one time. I wanted to change something, and James Franklin was the offensive coordinator, and he says we can't do that. I says what do you mean we can't do that he says well you know because we call plays with the card you know so they would with the wristband yeah so he said well we don't have it on the card i said are you kidding me send the guy in with it i mean it was right. a play that we wanted to run that was that was there but because it wasn't on the card he, he didn't feel like he could run it now you know that wouldn't have happened with us because we signaled everything and we could just signal it in.
0: that's why he wanted to signal not use a wristband but yeah. signal everything because because I don't remember what game it was, like, Navy, we changed some little tweaks where, like, we didn't have it in the game plan that way, yeah. but we would change the way we ran it. Like, he would signal everything so that he could make any tweak he wanted it to happen. No, yeah, he was such a genius of, was, like... It
2: was way better that way. Yeah,
0: seeing what was presented to you and then being like, all right, let's make this little judgment, we're going to get no, no. The play, The play we we beat Maryland on, yeah. the one where you threw the corner to, to Patton on the, that, was we, we ran... It was Z double cross in the game plan, yeah, and, then, and then and then Ben saw on the sideline. Then was like, all right, there they're they're they're, yeah. they're playing uh they're playing um, um what do you call it? point banjo? Yeah, and they went to the bunch, and he was like, oh, let's not run Z double cross, let's run X double cross, yeah. and we changed it that next play and ran it for a touchdown. Ben is referring to Ben McDaniels, the wide receivers coach at Rutgers in 2014, who later replaced Coach Friedgen as the offensive coordinator in 2015. Uh, Ben is the younger brother of Patriots offensive coordinator Josh McDaniels and has been one of my closest mentors since I worked for him uh, back at Rutgers 2014-2015. Point banjo refers to a type of man coverage that teams often use to defend bunch formations where one defender is pressed up on the point of the bunch and plays that guy man-to-man, with with two defenders standing behind him, uh, one in. Side and one outside, and they combo or banjo the other two receivers in the bunch uh, with one defender waiting for an in breaking route, one guy waiting for an out breaking route rather than, than locking the bunch and chasing guys all around. They kind of settle, wait for a route to come to them, and, and then they play man coverage from there. And it was like so cool that we could do that.
2: All right, we could change it with because I'm in a signal. system now,
0: like it's Division three, but it's different. Yeah. But I know there are a lot of wristband systems like this where if it's not on the wristband, no, we I, won't call it. I've been in the system, yeah, like that, and it's right. like it's unbelievable. I'll, I'll be sitting there at halftime, and be like, hey guys, yeah. like the way they're running their cover four, if we just just switch this little thing like we can beat them, and like, oh, well, we have no way of calling that. It's like, well, this is a broken system then if we have no way of
2: calling that. Like my freshman, sophomore year, we were, sh- we were strictly wristband. That was like 170 something plays right. with wristband. is on two, yeah. you can barely read yeah. it. Uh, when you get sweat on it, you get it gets fogged up, whatever, you yeah. can barely read it. Yeah. And then if, if, let's say you run a play, and then you're like, oh, sh- like next series, you want to go to this. You like, can't, like if it's not it's there. It's gotta be somebody come running with a Sharpie. Exactly. And, and do this, this, and that, mm-hmm. or at halftime do it. Exactly. When, if Ralph wanted to do it, yeah, he just said "Hey Mike, me.
0: signal this, this, is this, this, that," and, and then I would and, get. It. And think about, it, there's probably what one, maybe one broken play every game yeah. from like reading the wrong wristband yeah, number. Yeah. Like literally, you're talking about a play every game. That's so. You get 60 plays a game, 70 plays a game. Yeah. You're gonna sacrifice one play a game because if your your system of, yeah. of and like maybe we had almost a play a game from like a wrong signal during in in the way no, we did yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe we did, but it was definitely it just way, way make, less
2: than reading the wristband.
0: I I remember one of the first conversations me and Gary had when we started recording this podcast was we talked for like 20 minutes about signaling plays versus using the wristband. And that was the biggest thing we concluded. And and I thought something you were great at was that during games, you would make small little adjustments. And all we had to do was change a signal, but no one knew there was a big difference. Whereas with a wristband, if you wanted to make one adjustment, you had to cross off the whole play on the wristband, find a fine tooth Sharpie, and then write the plan on the Sharpie under a new number. And if it was sweaty, it would start to smear or the guy couldn't read it. Like, wristbands just cause so many more problems. Gary, what, what was what was your kind of thoughts on, on that? Yeah,
2: I wasn't a big fan of the, of the wristbands. I mean, I guess because I don't really know any better because that's what we had done for three years. But um, definitely the signals were, were great. I think it just kept you locked into the game. Um, you know, obviously, I think I missed some. During the season, but I definitely missed way more with the wristbands. When you do wristband, I don't know. I feel like when you're when you're reading a signal, I feel like you're more locked in, kind of too. Yeah, I agree. Kind of instead of just reading like all right, number twenty nine, then it's like answer yeah, like, let me find I twenty nine. Right. Then you're yeah. like you're reading straight off the wristband like right. Come you're not or. thinking about what you're. When reading. you when you see it on the sideline, you're like all right. Right. You know, trips right, sky right. Right. You know, all go. And then you're like all right, let's get in the huddle. Come on, let's go. trips right, sky. Yeah, you, you know, you see it right up. in yeah. your head. Yeah, you got. Yeah, I agree with that one hundred percent. When you're reading off the Man's man it's like, trips right, scat right, hold on, hold on, you're like, guys, yeah. come back in auto, trips yeah. right, scat, scat right, hold yeah, on, yeah, yeah. the and then you're like, all right, now I got to process what I just
0: read off my wrist, but when you get the signal, it's like, it's already in your head. And like, that's something that, seriously, like a conversation like this, yeah. I don't know that even coaches understand, because like, you even telling me that, like, yeah. it makes sense to me as a coach and someone who I feel like I'm yeah. very grounded with, like, knowing how the players think yeah. and like. Being a young guy, I've never thought about it that way. And, like, that, to me, is the biggest argument in the world why you don't use a wristband. You I should think, change everything. I think a wristband,
2: I think it's good. Like, if, like if you want to go fast and you're going no huddle, and you want to, like, yell like, yep. five, and your quarterback like, you're like, says five, he tells the line, and the receivers know, like, If you're Houston or, like, yeah. a team
0: that's going no huddle, I agree with that, but wristband, too. Like yeah,
2: but if you're going to, like, a, just, like, a straight huddle, I think it's better to signal everything because, like I said, if... We read in five, right? Like I say, there's a lot of stuff going on in the game. Yeah. Don't pass first down, now I'm looking at the sideline. The coaches is down not personnel, the guys from the huddle are running back and forth. Now you're looking at a guy, signals you a number, now I gotta read that number, now I gotta go to my wristband right. and be like, all right, some guys might read it first, it yeah. be good enough to just read it, memorize like, it, yeah. and then do and yeah. then say it. Yeah. But some guys won't. I and mean, like me, I know some of the plays like I'm play like 186 on the wristband. Right. I'm not gonna remember it. So I'm gonna be like trips right, scat right, whatever, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I'm gonna be like, oh shit. Now I gotta read it off my thing. Trips right, scat right. And rather than getting in the hug, be like, come on guys, let's go, yep. Yep. have confidence. Yep. So yep. Say the play, it's already registered in my head, and now we get to the line, and we and we go.
0: But and that takes so much you're right, that takes you know? so much ability away from you to be like your the the person, you are. So like he just fucking, skips the step. Like, yeah, yeah, like that's real. Like to be a leader, to yeah, be charismatic. You want like to yeah.
2: be confident. You don't. You know your linemen are tired as hell. They don't want to be in the huddle. Like, right. Seeing you go like this, like. And, What's that say like because you know you're gonna people and tell me what you
0: feel about this people i feel like underestimate because i feel like this is a big deal for me in high school and college people underestimate those little like two three words you might say to your old line before a play yeah. how much that means going into the play like being a quarterback like sure. it might not mean much but like looking at a guy like hey we did need this one no, and, like being able to say that like it just gives everyone that extra juice it makes such a big difference if you're like can't even talk to them because you're like oh wait let me find this wristband number yeah. hey guys and you never have a chance to say that little motivational it makes a huge difference in the execution yeah. of the play. And like, I remember the numbers used to be like, it used to be
2: written, everything was written in like right formation. Right. So like if we yeah. flipped it, flip it, it was on me yeah. to flip. It. Right. So it would say trips right, scat right, all go. So and if they, if they gave me the number
0: 12, and then they would give me like a flip sign, exactly. I would have to, it would say Dude. trips
2: right, scat right, but I would have to show you it know five know
0: you know what we did for that? Start, so Ben had me, I would write down trips right, scat right, all go, uh-huh. and I would have to highlight every word that could be flipped. Yeah. So the right would be in red. The, the scat right, the right would be in red. So then that way, when Lav would read it off, I think we might do something like that. Yeah. So, so, but still, though, it, but still it, it still you. But at least when you read it off, you would know, like, oh, it's flipped. I need to flip this red yeah. word. But so like. I me mean, as a GA, if I were to miss one red word, I'm getting, like. Hey, let's say then we get to this play 17 in practice, I'm getting mother. It's like, oh, you didn't highlight this one thing. It's like, dude, you gave me the script five minutes before practice started. Like, yeah, I missed one.
2: Things are going flying around. A lot of things are moving around. The font is like eight font. Yeah. You know, it's tiny font. There's 115
0: plays on it. And I remember for me as a no. GA, my job when I was typing the wristband up, because the year after you left, Coach, we used the wristband with Ben, and I would have to highlight every word that could potentially be flipped in yeah. red. So, like, if it was right, that had to be in red. If it was, like, a protection where you could flip it the other way, that had to be in red. And, like, the quarterback, if I happen to not highlight one word, well, all of a sudden you don't flip it and the whole play is is screwed up. Yeah,
2: and I remember a couple times in halftime when we had the wristband, like you said, you know, if there was a play that they might have wanted to run, like, mid-first quarter, we couldn't do it. They would have to put it on the wristband at halftime. Right. And, uh, you know, maybe that play could have got us a big play for a touchdown or first down or whatever, and we couldn't run it because it wasn't on the card. Yeah. So, you know, wristband, I think it was great because we just signaled everything in. We had had a million signals, and, you know, we made them ourselves. Yeah. So we knew everything because coach let us make them. So we kind of just played with them all day long, trying to figure out you know what it was and we did them every day before the game to so, to be on the same page i'm a big fan of signaling yeah and i think that signaling it, it makes you understand the play more cuz mm-hmm. let's say he gives let's say the signal is like a trips right and then he gives you he might give you a scat left mm-hmm. but you know that doesn't that doesn't work right you know what i'm saying yeah. so then in yeah. your head you can say you're like oh, uh, it doesn't work uh, yeah, trips yeah, right, trips right, you make right, 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 yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. you
0: know what i'm saying whereas like if you if you forget to flip the trips right but yeah. then flip the trips left like there's you, no way to recover exactly. who knows like who knows if you don't flip that first where you're, you're or programmed or to if you're if you're if you're jackass GA yeah. like me doesn't highlight the right and you don't flip the trip like the, trip's right doesn't highlight that right because he f- up and then like all right you flip everything else you don't flip that I agree I'm a big fan I'm a big fan of signaling or like. I would like think cards I've never used cards but I would think cards is a better way to do it too because I feel like yeah, you have yeah. more freedom if you hold up like four pictures and you say yeah, like it's top of- right bottom left and you yeah. can combine I feel like that's a better way too I've never been in that like in system, a high though. school
2: level I would always a high school level I would always I would always rather the quarterback run over and get the play and then run back to the huddle <laughs> right because like there's no miscommunication yeah and in high yeah. school like unless you're like at a top high school and these kids are smart and they watch football all the time and but, like in a high school, like in a public high school, most of these kids, they don't watch football all the time. Right. They're not really knowledgeable right. of the game. Right. You gotta have that kid come over, tell him, look, we're gonna run this play, this other play, play. Tell this guy that he's gonna have to block the middle linebacker. Yeah. He's gonna have to put his hands on the three yeah. technique, yeah. get to the will,
0: whatever yep. the hell is. And, the and play. just tell him whatever yeah. he's gotta tell him. And you gotta yeah. tell him that. He's gotta run to the yeah. hole go to him. echo the same exact thing. Nothing bad has ever happened from too much communication. Yeah, yeah. Nothing exactly. bad. Literally, the Cold War was started because of a failure to communicate, like <laughs> lack of communication. For the record, I- I don't know how factual this statement is about the Cold War, but it is a coachism I I often use to emphasize communication to my wide receivers and is something that I got from Anthony Campanelli during my time as his graduate assistant at Rutgers. A war started. Like, like just communicate. Nothing bad's ever happened from having too much communication, being too clear with each other. And like, another thing I think that helped was like the
2: players were sitting in the lane. So, like, Mike's my boy. So, like, I know Mike, like, Mike wouldn't leave the sideline until I called a play in the huddle. Yeah. So like, cause he knew like if I if I misread the signal and I needed to look back at him, it's on it's have, on him. Yeah, yeah. Cause he knew he it was the same thing. Yep. So when I was on the sideline, he would signal play. And if he knew it was a long play, yeah. He would stay there. And then I would, like, I would go in the huddle and I would say like, let's say I like, tripped right, sky right, and I'm like, ah, what do you what say? I would that? look back and yeah, he'd have it right, right away.
0: Like I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, a lot of this content was recorded, you know, about a year ago. Some of it was from the first ever conversation, the first time me and Gary ever sat down together with a microphone in front of us, and we were just talking. We didn't have really a plan during that conversation, but it ended up uh, going to a discussion about signals versus wristbands. At that point, I was coaching football at Wesleyan University, where we did signal everything in, and I thought that it it helped us make in-game adjustments. Um, It helped us, you know, be more flexible in play calling, and obviously, we we both shared our experiences at Rutgers, where Gary was there for three years before Coach Friedman got there. And in his first three years, he used a wristband and and didn't love it. Thought like like you said, he thought it made him less less engaged, less locked into the play in the huddle because it, it, it's harder, I think, to, to process what is actually being relayed to you when you're reading it off a card as opposed to um seeing the signal. I think the signal is more like conversation, and and you can tend to just process things. M- more fluidly. Um, and, and to me, you know hearing that from Gary was really interesting. I thought that was at the time I thought that was probably the greatest argument uh, we had come up with for signals versus wristbands. Um, you know and just just really we both kind of concluded that we thought wristbands really limited you in terms of uh, the adjustments you could make on game day. Now fast forward a year. Uh, I, I'm coaching at Don Bosco Prep in in New Jersey, uh, one of the most prestigious high school football programs in the country. And myself and the offensive coordinator, Dennis McCoola, uh, we're both new. We were both hired in about, you know, March, probably. We, we came in February, started working with the kids. And it was one of our debates that we had is we're, we're creating a new offense, installing a, a, a new offense with some new terminology. And one of the debates we had was, you know, should we, should we signal everything or should we use wristbands? And I at the time felt strongly that we should signal, obviously, for the reasons that that were mentioned previously. Um, but now that it is August and we've been we've installed the offense over the last three or four months, uh, we're we're about to start tra- preseason training camp. We have been practicing, you know, almost every day for the last month or two. And looking back, I, I actually now see the merit in wristbands, uh, especially at the high school level. Um, and, and this is this is a this is two parts. Firstly, I understand it because of the time that it takes to to force kids to memorize a ton of signals, right? So if we're going to do this, uh, even just even just asking the quarterbacks to memorize all these signals, we have a quarterback battle going on in camp. We had two kids competing for the starting spot. Uh, these are high school kids who, it's not like college where we're around them 24-7. The kids are on campus all the time. You can hold them accountable to learning signals. They have all day in between classes to learn the signals. We as coaches in college could have the kids come into the office and help them learn the signals like, there's just a lot more time uh, and, a, and a better structure in in their lives in college uh, I think I think to learn a bunch of signals I think that's really the only hurdle once you learn them it's a fluid process you're out and running and it's great uh, but but for us we had to make the decision do we want to invest time do we want to invest time in teaching kids these signals and not only teaching them but then if you're gonna if you're gonna teach the kids the signals and, and ask them to, to memorize them you then have to hold them accountable when they fail to. Right. So then a, a miss signal has to be just as big of a mistake as a drop pass or as a wrong read or your wrong footwork, because that's the only way to get it enforced. And, you know, a miss signal in, in the fourth quarter of a football game could cost you a game. So we had we had the discussion. Is it is it worth? is it worth our time enforcing the signals or are we better off spending that time and energy teaching the offense, adding a new play, teaching the nuances of, you know, one of our base plays and really uh, taking that time to master the offense, not bring any more distractions. And and ultimately we decided that that it was probably more worthwhile to use a wristband, something that was simple, relaying the plays is easier. And and yes, maybe it will limit us on game day, but the time spent teaching the offense, the extra time that, that is allotted now to teach the offense and spend time with the kids is worth is is more worth it than than spending you know a half hour every day enforcing signals or or conditioning the kids after practice when they miss a signal. We we just didn't feel like that was the best use of our time. It being a new offense and being at the high school level where kids we're not around the kids twenty four seven. We get them you know three or four hours a day for meetings and practice and then they're off. They're back home. They all live in different areas of the state. Uh, it's a very different situation. This is my first year coaching high school football, so I didn't really have any experience with this. Now the second. Part Part of this argument is something that that Dennis McCoola, our, our new offensive coordinator, brought with him to Bosco, and it was the way he wristbands the plays. It's something I've never seen, and if you there'll be a visual of this on the sidelinehustle.com. Uh, I'll post uh, some examples on Instagram and Twitter as well for you guys to see. So follow up with that. But so normally every other wristband system I've ever been a part of was play one, and it and it scripted out the whole play. You know, our bunch right. Gone right, why stick? You know, whatever it is, right? And and that and that was just in one line, one section. Uh, like I mentioned, for me as a GA, I would highlight anything that can be flipped, you know? So it, it might come in as as play two, flip, and you'd have to see the, everything that was highlighted and flip it to, to the opposite side. But you know, it was always just one line. And like for us at Bosco, if we're in a three by one formation, we will call the three-man concept separately and then tag the backside. So why stick X hitch, whatever, search X Omaha, whatever the play is, we're always dual tagging everything. So, so if, even if it's two by two, it's a strong side first, weak side second, we're giving two different tags. So, you know, at Rutgers, what would happen was we, we kind of call a play similarly, but you would be locked into whatever you you game plan, right? So you'd be locked into Y-Stick X Omaha, and that's what you game plan would be the best combination. You went in with that and, and you didn't want to spend seven slots on the wristband, you know, putting down all the different backside tags that you might want. Like Here's your front side concept. And then you wouldn't want to have Seven different columns on the wristband that are why that the, the front side concept is why stick with all the different backside combinations that, that you can have, you know, that just wasn't using your space well. Like like, like Gary mentioned, the size was zero font You can barely read it as it is. So you had to really pick and choose, you know, what you came into a game plan with, uh, just 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 strictly because of space on the wristband. And then when you get to game day and that look that you thought you were going to get from the defense isn't there, or they changed something, it was very hard to make adjustments. But what Dennis came up with was very interesting. He has the wristband broken up into sections. And this is what the, the quarterbacks see on their wristband so he has the formation the protection the concept right and that that is all under number one so wristband one wristband four like that's all under a number then to the right of that he has a b c d and e tag and those are the backside concepts so he can call wristband 1b and that will be y stick x something but then wristband 1d will be wise stick and with a different backside concept, right? So that allows you to just take up one line still on the wristband, but now you have one frontside concept with five different options for what your backside concept can be. And really that eliminates any sort of limitations on game day because, you know, we got to be good enough coaches to think of five backside concepts that'll work. And, and one of them has got to be there on game day. You know, like we don't, you know, if, if we, if if we have five backside concepts and, and none of them, there's not a good look for any of them. That just means we're bad coaches. I don't think that'll happen very often. Um, but But, you know, you have a frontside concept and then any of your backside tags or, you know, let's say you're running a play. Let's say you're running a run play. And sometimes, you know, you just want the receivers just to block the man over them. But other times maybe you want to tag crack to it. Right, like that's common. Let's say you want to run, you know, outside zone with a crack for for whatever reason. Again, rather than that having to be two plays on the wristband when it's just one guy's job who's changing, it's just one line on the wristband, and then you would call wristband five B if you wanted it to be crack. Wristband five A would just be regular outside zone. Wristband five B would be outside zone with a receiver cracking, and it just gives you a lot of uh, it. It gives you a lot of freedom in, in play calling with the wristband, and I think that that it's really an ingenious way of calling plays. Something something that I've never seen. Uh, never been a part of. And, I, and you know, I think as play calling continues to evolve, coaches continue to get smarter and smarter with the methods they use. Obviously, you know, teams like Oregon and some of the no huddle teams made the the big flashcards uh, system, you know, very relevant. And people have had success with that. Um, but I think this wristband deal was, was really, really interesting. Having, you know, the formation, the protection, the front side concept, and then you section out anything else you'd want to tag, any adjustments you'd want to make to the play in A, B, C, D, or E. So instead, now you just signal in a number and a letter and the quarterback can find the number that's on the left. And then up top is is the letter. So they'll go down to 15. Okay. The 15 says two seam, which is four verticals for us, two seam. And then if you want to tag the X or the F or the Y or the Z, anybody on a route, or you want to you know maybe you want to, you know, add any adjustment you want, it's in the column of A, B, C, D, and E. So I, I thought that was really cool. Uh, Coach McCool is really an, an unbelievable coach, a really great offensive coordinator. Guy's been coaching high school football for a long time. Uh, coached at Hofstra back in the day before they, they shut their program down. So that, that was really one of the coolest things for me as like a football junkie, someone who talks about football all the time on the podcast and on social media. This was so interesting to me when, when we had a, a seven on seven tournament at, at Rutgers this summer, and he broke out this wristband, and it was it was unbelievable because I me as someone who helps him call the pass game, I could just be like, hey, you know, call 3B next time, not 3A. And that's changing whatever the backside concept is. You know, you like the front side concept because you game planned it, you came into the game with it, but now, you know, I'm watching the backside corner. And I'm saying, you know, he's more susceptible to, you know, a 12 yard out than he is to a six yard out. You know, he's jumping some of the six yard outs, whatever it might be. Now I have the freedom to adjust that. And it's not something where I have to say, Hey, you know, I really like running a you know, 12 yard out here instead of a six yard out. Okay. Bring the quarterbacks over. Let me get a Sharpie and cross that out. You know, you don't, you don't have to do any of that. You can just adjust on the fly and roll. It's not a different signal. You don't have to tell the quarterback, Hey, when you read this wristband, remember to change this word, which you don't have to do any of that. It's just call wristband number 4A call num call 4C instead of 4A you know, whatever whatever that might be. So, so I think that's a very interesting way of doing it uh, with with the column system on the wristband. But, but also, you know, like I mentioned, it's it's been very eye opening for me coaching high school football, where the kids are much younger, they're much less experienced, their minds are in many more places. I don't want to say they're less focused, because when they're on the field, these kids at Bosco are as focused and motivated and competitive as any kids I've ever been around. But off the field, it's a different deal. They're they're less professional kids, and again, they're not on campus 24/7 like they are in college, where you can bring them into the office. At point and enforce signals. You can have, you know, in college, we used to have a 7 p.m. meeting about signals. uh, And, and you you know, you can't do that at at Bosco because once practice is over or on a a Friday when you don't have practice, you know, in the summer, I can't call a 7 p.m. meeting because one kid lives 30 minutes away. One kid lives 12 minutes away. One kid lives 45 minutes away. You know, there's no real way to get all those kids in one place. So rather than investing the time, forcing these kids to learn all these signals, we decided to invest that time in teaching them the offense, uh, allowing them to watch film, allowing them to, to improve. Improve their games and uh, their game and the X's nose of the game and then we'll take care of the play calling with a really innovative wristband system so shout out to coach McCullough on that um and and, and you know shout out, this, this conversation was I think pretty cool and I know hopefully for coaches uh this conversation is really beneficial hearing hearing Gary's opinion who you know started a quarterback for four years at Rutgers and used both systems hearing coach Freedgen's opinion who is a huge proponent of uh the the signal system and you know he told you the story about James Franklin trying to tell him no we can't run that play uh because you know it's not not on the card you can't have that right you can't lose a game or or not call a great play in a game because it's not on the wristband like that's that's a stupid way to lose a game if you know on a third and eight you could have run a great play with it with a, s- a small adjustment but you can't make the adjustment because it's not on the card like that's what happened to us my second year at Rutgers was we had we had we we did the traditional wristband system and and we would be very limited at times to make in game adjustments but then I think the third aspect is using the wristband having you know columns tagged A B C and D where those are your adjustments you might want to make to the play call your play on the wristband come into the game with five adjustments you want to make trying to predict how the defense is going to take it away all right if they take away wristband number 5a well hi let's try 5b all right they take away 5b let's try 5c oh now it looks like our original plan 5a they're giving us that look now let's go back to 5a and you don't have to confuse the players and talk to them about you just you just call a different number and letter on the wristband and let's roll so i think that's really the best system i've seen and I, also the insight of of high school versus college i think wristbands are probably more effective and more um, efficient in high school but I think I, I still think if I was in college, I, I would I would force the kids to, si- to signal. And they'd learn the signals. You have more time. You're with them more. I think that's that's more practical. But uh, definitely an interesting conversation. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, You know, I think I think it's one that's important. I think it'll be very interesting to see how play calling continues to evolve, you know, in two, three, four, five years. You know, maybe quarterbacks have microphones in their helmets just like they do in in the NFL. And and it kind of gets rid of this entire discussion. But even Coach Friesian, I remember having a discussion with him. uh, He told me that that when he was the offensive coordinator for the San Diego Chargers, when he brought them to the Super Bowl, uh, he still, even though they had the microphones in the helmets, he still had their quarterbacks wearing some sort of wristband or he had wristbands on the sideline just in case, because he wasn't going to, you know, he he wasn't going to chalk the whole game up. Like like all of a sudden you can't communicate with your quarterback and what you can't call a play. Like you better have a backup plan. You better have signals ready. You better have a wristband ready. So he was saying that even the NFL, he always had a backup plan with how to relay the plays, but you know, really, really interesting discussion for, for coaches, especially, but I think for players too, just to hear, you know, the different ways that, that, that players and coaches have to deal with calling plays. And I, I think it's definitely something that, that I hope will help coaches all around the, the country hear this insight, make the decision for, for what's best for their program. So that's all we've got on on today's podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please hit me up on social media at Sideline Hustle. If you have any more questions about the signals versus wristbands debate, um, you know, like I said, I, we, we we I've been responding to every single comment, every every message, you know, no matter what. So we'll get back to you. Uh, I'm gonna post the pictures of different wristband examples for you guys to see online, and and hopefully this will be a great resource for coaches to uh, maximize the way they call plays. That's it. I'll see you guys very soon.
1: Mm. Hold up, brother, let me get this thing straight Can't just be another random rapper with a mixtape no. I just went and put another beat inside a Pine box. I just went and took another trip way out to Biscay I love Miami because they always treat me so well. Oh, so well They used to see me nowhere I used to pull them by saying I run for the team that they run in their hands through my head, oh, my head, through yeah. my head. They used to never want to see my town I-, I-, I got them coming to the east side now where they at? In the city where I reside now When they move a little weight, let the D-line Now, now Running track or running back. Gotta keep it moving, never running back. Never. We running the game and they running laps. That's another story for another track. Another, another track. See, from the sidelines, we gotta hustle, cause we gotta eat. We gotta, we gotta. From the sidelines, we got some goals that we still gotta reach. Yeah. Reach. Yeah. Stop. Oh, yeah. We gotta hustle cause we gotta eat From the sidelines We got some goals that we still gotta reach